You're listening to the Mentors for Military podcast with your hosts, Robert Gowan, Rudy Lindsay, Mike Pritz, and Kat Kalin. Get it, I'm not in the Army anymore either. So Yay. <laughs> Lowest common denominator. <laughs> Freedom beard is what some people call this. But... Oh, that's nice. It's looking good. Yeah, I noticed you've got one going on there as well. You know, the only reason I grow a beard is just because I'm too lazy to shave. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I'm too cheap. Too cheap to shave. So. <laughs> oh, God, you're telling me. So you're up in Alaska right now, though. I am. Yeah, no, I, I grew up in uh, in Juneau, Alaska, and then uh, went went into the military and then, like, just ended back up in Alaska. Every time I go live someplace else, I always end up back in Alaska. Really? Just like the wilderness, the wild, the whole bit, huh? Oh, yeah. No, it's great, like just get outdoors and really enjoy it and all that stuff. So can't stand California. <laughs> yeah. Now, how many years did you end up spending in the Marine Corps? Uh, that's actually kind of an interesting story in its own right. So I originally joined the Marine Corps in 2001, like straight out of high school, basically graduated. The next day I was at boot camp and then oh my God. went through boot camp, all that stuff. That was 2001, got out in 2005. And I was just kind of like, you know, went to college, people – because that's what I was told to do, you know, because right. Marine does what he's told. And so <laughs> I went to college and uh, started crushing that out, finished my like four-year degree in three and a half years because at the end of it, I missed like one class and they were like, oh yeah, you have to do another semester. And I was like, awesome. So I did my four-year degree in three and a half years and I jumped right into grad school. Wow. Went to uh, Gonzaga, got um, a master's degree in communications and leadership. And then during that time, I kind of, I got the whole like miss the Marine Corps type deal thing. Joined back up into the reserves, went infantry actually. Lat moved into the infantry because when I first started, I you know you don't know anything about the military and you're just like yeah no I want to be infantry because I think that's all that there is. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, that's yeah yeah. And so my recruiter was like, oh man, infantry is where it's at, and I was like, of course, I, yeah. I'm <laughs> in. I want that life, you know. Great guidance. <laughs> yeah. he was like, Robert tell you he was a recruiter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's know. that's like an easy sell. I mean, you're like a dream for a recruiter, by the way. Oh yeah, no, I was I was just like, oh, okay, I'll what anything? I you know, it puts the lotion on type. <laughs> and so yeah, I was like, infantry it is. And so when I signed my contract, he well actually he called me back and he was like, Hey, I got some bad news. And I was like, what, what is this bad news? And he's like, well, we don't have any more infantry contracts. And what? I was like, for Marine Corps. Really? Yeah. Well, it was like post or pre nine 11. So the stuff wasn't really popping off yet. And so I was, you know, 17 had no clue. I was like, so does that mean I can't join? And, uh, he was like, Oh, Oh no, I made some phone calls. And I got you hooked up. I was like, oh, tell, you know, tell me more. It's like that whole that whole infomercial. But wait, there's more. <laughs> so, so I, uh, I was like, okay, what what is this? And he's like, dude, combat engineer. And I was like, I, I know nothing about combat engineer. He was like, basically, you're a smart grunt. And I was like, well, that sounds pretty good to me. He's like, dude, all you're gonna do is you're just gonna like blow stuff up with the grunts and i was like and lay lay lots of concertina wire pound pickets oh good yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i went to meps and on the contract it said uh cm slash ut so construction slash utilities which 17 years old at four in the morning i had no no idea what any of that was 
So fast forward, get through boot camp. I'm at Marine combat training and, uh, there we're sitting out in the middle of this field. We're in these, these bleachers and, uh, and they're reading off the list of like what everyone's job is going to be. And I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, and it's A through whatever. Yeah, because Marine Corps is a little bit different. I mean, the Army, you kind of sign a contract that says, hey, this is what you're going to do. And it's usually not to the needs of the Army other than in the beginning. Whereas the Marine Corps, it's more of after you get through boot camp, correct? Um, yeah, it's it's a broad field. So, you know, if you sign up for infantry, that, that encompasses 0311, which is uh, just a straight ground. Basic infantry, mean, yeah. Yeah, then you got uh, 0331, 0341, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so it, you're, you're kind of needs of the core, you right. know, and so that's, that's where they, you know, that's when your life of the, the green weenie, as they so say, really mm-hmm. starts to, to kick off and you really understand what that means. So we're sitting in the, the bleachers and they get to me and, you know, they're like Private Ritter 1171. And I'm thinking, what the hell is 1171? It's supposed to be 1371. <laughs> and so I walk up to the sergeant who's standing there. And uh, I was, you know, excuse me, sergeant, uh, wh- what is an 1171? And he kind of looks at me like I'm an idiot. And uh, he goes, you see those port shitters over there? I said, yes, sergeant. He's like, you're going to be pumping those for the next four years. Get the f- out of my face. And I was like, oh, what? What? That's exactly <laughs> oh. what I signed up for. Yeah, I was like, hoorah, hell yeah. You know? I was like, so right there, like my Marine Corps, my, the Marine Corps got me right yeah. off. And I was like, huh, interesting. Like, not exactly what. I didn't even know that was an MOS. And obviously, you didn't either. No clue. Like, I watched, you know, yeah. Polly Shore in the Army now. Right. That was my life. Like after you go through that MOS school and you then watch that movie, you're like, oh, oh yeah, no, I know what that equipment is. I've used it. And it's embarrassing to tell people that. But in the long run, like, I mean, it was the most ridiculous job I've ever had. Like, because the funny part is once you get into recon, recon guys lie about their MOS all the time. People be like, hey, who are you? And they're like, oh, we're bulk fuel. And they're like, what? Or, oh, we're water purification. And so later on down the line, the, I mean, I never thought this would come full circle, but I'm sitting at SEER getting interrogated. And, you know, they're like, what, what's your job? <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> so I go, water purification. Basic hygiene equipment operator, 1171. They pull out the MOS manual, and they're like, okay, smart guy. <laughs> Tell us more about your job. And I was like, well, what do you want to know? Because <laughs> so, everybody goes in there, and they tell them some BS job. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, we purify water, you know, gallons per minute, gallons per hour. What do you want? You know, what type of water? And they're like, oh, so you can purify our water? And I was like, oh, most definitely. What type is it? They're like, what do you mean what type it is? They're like, there's only two types, clean and dirty. And I was like, well, <laughs> technically, there's three types. There's brackish, salt water, and fresh water. And they're like, oh, uh, it's just a mess. I ended up getting slammed up against the wall. And- How was it that you then got into Force Recon then? In 2009, I, I, I joined the reserves because I wanted to keep going to school. So I joined the reserves out of Alaska right after they transferred from Echo Company, 4th Recon Battalion, to like, they were Delta Company, Anti-Terrorism Battalion, which 
cool name. Doesn't really, it's just glorified infantry. So I lap moved to 0351 Assaultman, went through this course as a sergeant school of infantry, which by the way is great if you're a sergeant because they're just like, you want to do this? And you're like, nah, I'm good. And like, <laughs> All right, fine then. You know? So I went through the, uh, the school of infantry, came back and, uh, was like, wow, this is awesome. And I always had this, this like want to go recon, but you know how everybody is in the back of your head. You're like, uh, you know, the failure, all that stuff. And so I then contacted fourth force reconnaissance out of Hawaii. Cause I'd heard good things about, uh, the Hawaii guys and whatnot. And I contacted the, uh, the master sergeant out there and he was like, sure, come on out. And I was just like, that's it. He's like, yeah, just show up one day and I was like show up in Hawaii yeah and so since it's a reserve unit it was just like oh okay so I uh you know I've been training hard I was like running and swimming I was doing like I'd swim anywhere from like two to four thousand uh yards a day and then I'd get out and I'd go hit the gym right afterwards and then uh geez yeah with camis on and stuff and swimming is key to any of that stuff so I uh found out when their drill was and um Got a plane ticket, went out there, and it was kind of like the awkward, like, who are you? What are you doing out here? Why are you here? Right. And I was like, uh, I, I honestly don't really know. <laughs> I was just told to just show up, so I did. And so I met the guys, and, you know, it was real, like, they're like, all right, whatever, just some idiot that wants to join recon. Cause right. I'm sure you've seen it, and, and SF, everyone's like, oh, yeah, you know, and there's just random dudes wandering around that, you know, have that, I'll never quit, and then fast forward, and they're gone. They were like, they took us out, uh, we watched we watched them in the field do their stuff, they did, a, I want to say, like a 2K insert into a patrol package that first weekend we were there, and then started uh, reporting and stuff, and I was like, wow, this is this is pretty legit. This is cool. Like actually doing stuff. And, and so, uh, the next day, I think it was like a Sunday, they took, uh, myself and one other guy and they're like, Hey, uh, we're going to do the screener. And I was like, all right, whatever. And so, uh, they, they threw us in the pool. The, the screener consists of a 500 meter swim with camis on. And then you, you do a 25 meter underwater crossover. Then you do a brick slash rifle retrieval off the bottom of the pool. And then you do uh, a 30 minute water tread. The water tread towards the end, you start to get sharked and stuff. So it's just kind of just, I mean, at one point I remember I was getting pulled down to the bottom of the pool and you start to get that tunnel vision where like the right. sides get a little hazy, it's a little black. And that basically you're, you're headed into blackout world and uh, you know, everything just starts closing in. And I was just like, good Lord. What is going on here? Hit the bottom, came back up, and you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, a monster coming out of something, and it's just crazy. And uh, went through a while of that, and then afterwards, uh, ran a, a Marine Corps PFT, did the, you know, push up, or not push ups, but pull ups, sit ups, and uh, wow, crunches for the Marine Corps, and then three mile run. And at the end of it, they were like, yeah, you passed you can go to BRC. And I was like, cool, I guess. Like, you know, and <laughs> it, so, it was... so the basic recon course though, that's at Camp Pendleton. So, you, so you then had to leave Hawaii and go back to California or go to California. 
at, at that point, like I went back to, to Alaska. So like this entire time, you know, I commute back and forth and then, um, Oh my God. So you're like, how long a period was this then that we're talking that you flew back and forth to Hawaii? Probably close to how long? about four years. And so like for me, the best part about it was like, you could still have your regular life. Like I was still going to college. Uh, I mean, I was writing my thesis while I was going through the, the marksmanship instructor and coaches course for the Marine Corps. And then I came home for like two weeks and I was, you know, started crushing out my thesis. And then I had to go back out to Hawaii like two weeks later to go through uh, McQuist, Marine Corps Instructor of Water Survival and stuff like that, which is the basic another haze fest in the pool. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you, you question a lot of your life decisions when you're sitting there treading water with a flak jacket, sappy plates, a helmet, uh, boots, camis, and a rifle. You're like, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just got to interject, Robert. I'd flip places with him right now. Anytime, I would rather be in the pool, treading water, doing bobs and crossovers, than working on my freaking masters that I waited so long to begin. Yeah, so Mike, so. Mike, uh, you know, of course, he served all these years. Then he decided to go to school. By the way, Mike's going to be a teacher, Christian. So of all things, he's going out there to deal with all those young kids at a high school level, as oh, well. Oh boy! Yeah. yeah. Nobody told me school was this hard, though. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. All the things you're talking about in the pool and training and doing it in Hawaii, man, I'd welcome that on the weekend. I really would. I mean, it's funny because like I would be, I would get hazed in the pool for eight hours, and I would go to my hotel room and uh, sit down and start writing my thesis. And I was, you know, I was just like, why, why, <laughs> you know, like, and then you know, you got to learn all the terminology for the the, the course and everything course they want everything verbatim right that's how the military is it's like what can i just simplify it and then you know their their advice for remembering is like just break it down into acronyms i'm like that doesn't help i mean everything's already acronymed out anyways like we don't need more my professor he straight up said you know what i i think maybe you should push this off for another semester when you have a little more free time and you can accomplish this and i was like we have not met sir uh <laughs> And at the end of it, he was like, I honestly didn't think you would get it done. I was like, well, I already paid for it. It's expensive. Yeah. Like, it's, it's happening. Very expensive. And so, uh, yeah, I got it done. And, and then I actually, like, after finished McQuist, I came home for a, maybe a week or two. And then I left to go to Fort Sill and went through the Joint Fires Observation course. And I was out there for a little bit. Came home from that, did Christmas, did New Year's, got super sick, and then checked into BRC like January 5th. BRC was an interesting thing. You know, it, you start out with, we started out with, I want to say 80 guys, and then we graduated in 34 original. And we had we graduated like thirty nine total, so we picked up five guys that have been injured and whatnot. Sure, it's on a recycle. So you, that's nine weeks long, correct? Uh, twelve and some change. Twelve and okay. Yeah, I I think it's like eighty nine training days. I I got to make sure my facts are straight because people listen to this. You know, you got that one kid that's like stolen valor. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. dude, I don't remember everything. You know, yeah, people don't realize that when you get older too, you forget stuff. I've I've been having right? a conversation on SFAS and and women going through selection with a woman that I met at the Tillman Leadership Summit a couple of weeks ago, 
and she's looking to interview Kate Wilder, who is the, the woman that went through the Q course in pieces in 1981. And so we're trying to find Kate and, and, and figure out how to, how to bring them all together. But, you know, she asked me a question today, well, when did SFAS start? For me, it started in 1991 or 1993, but I, I don't remember when we, when we actually started a selection course and I couldn't find any resources for it on the internet, but I'm sure at one time I knew all those facts and I knew how long everything was and, you know, but I, as as you get further and further removed from it, man, we just don't remember. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's the worst too. Is every day on Instagram, I have I have some kid that's like, "Hello, sir. Uh, I'm 15 years old, and I really am torn between being a Navy SEAL, Special Forces, CAG, Delta, CIA, Dev Group operator, Group, Black Belt. <laughs> I've narrowed it down to every soft force in the world. I just but then I really thought maybe Force Recon was the way to go. <laughs> I'm like, dude, bro, Google. I don't even know how to address this question. College. I, I, the first step is college. Get an education. Yeah, do it before, not after. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, you know, they start out with the, I'll, I'll never quit. I've never quit anything in my life. I play football. I'm like, dude, you don't even know. Yeah. You have no idea what you're getting into. Like, you have no idea until you're there. Because it doesn't matter who you are. Like, I mean, you see people. I mean, you've seen it going yeah. through the uh, SAFS and or SFAS and Q course. All of a sudden, someone's just like, done. All of a sudden, somebody walking through the woods just starts throwing the rifle and throwing the rucksack and crying, sitting beside a tree. And I'm like, this is the last guy I thought was going to quit on me today. Yeah. And you got a list. You can see that as weakness starts to show. Uh, and I, I, I taught at the Q course for three years, too. So you, you can see this start to happen. That guy's going to drop within the next day or two. Um, and then all of a sudden, somebody who seems to be pretty solid with a great background, maybe an infantryman, maybe from the regiment, something gets inside of them and they crack. And uh, yeah. it, it's hard to tell what, what causes a guy to do that. And it's and I hear those stories all the time. I've never quit anything in my life. And yeah. uh, it's, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's like people ask you when you want to go to dive school, you know, are you a very good swimmer? That doesn't matter. I mean, it's a complete different environment when you get in the pool in Key West and when you're getting in the pool at the country club. It's not the same thing. So I, I think that there's a misconception, particularly among the youth, on exactly what it is we go through in soft. The best part is when they, you know, and they're like, I want to be a combat diver. And you're like, oh, good for you. Go for it. Awesome. They're Great. like, yeah, I'm, I'm Patty certified. And you're like, oh. <laughs> Well, You're exactly what we. You know, <laughs> well, I guess you could skip Man, combat. I got to back up just a minute because you know you made a reference to recruiters and you compared them to Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs earlier on about the lotion. Yeah. So that's that's the guy you send them to uh, when Buffalo Bill when when um when he says I'm a patty diver. Come on, Christian. You mean you, we don't have force recon recruiters sitting at every Patty Nowy dive shop that's looking for those open water divers, or especially those advanced open water divers? Now, those guys have to be the best. Well, oh, in the yeah. title, it says they're advanced. Oh, that's right. Yes, absolutely. I was sitting at uh, the ops chief's office one day out in Hawaii, and we are getting ready to kick off some training. It's it's myself and there's a couple other mass sergeants in there, and we're just you know, we're just shooting the shit about whatever we're talking about. And uh, the sergeant major comes in, who's not recon at all. And he's like, hey, how's it going? You know, totally kills the vibe. And we're like, good. <laughs> and uh, he was like, hey, uh, 
guys, I was, uh, want to go to dive school. And we're like, okay, that's a good goal. And he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, advanced patty. So I think I'm a shoe in. I was like, good <laughs> Lord. Stop. He was joking. Surely he was joking. Dead serious. Unfortunately, <laughs> he was, he was, he thought we were the idiots. <laughs> I, think it, I think it's worth explaining for some of the, the listeners who aren't Marines and have never worked around Marines that, that Sergeant Major, Sergeant's Major in the Marine Corps, or it's a, it's a career branch. I mean, it's a, it's a career track that they take and they're not, they're not the same background as the men that they are put in charge of. So in Force Recon and MARSOC, They've got guys who earlier in their career have taken that leadership track, and now they've gone to successive higher leadership positions, but they've never been through the training, the schools, the deployments, the assignments, and the experience that the men that they're charged with leading are. And, and they're really good at what they do. I'm not knocking it. It's a different system than we're used to in the Army, where we all kind of go through, we're a member of a team, and we crawl up the ladder, you know, whether we deserve to or not. But some of us make it. But I, I think that it's just a very different kind of culture. And to talk about the Sergeant Major Command wanting to do that, it, it bears to explain that this guy isn't from your background. He's just a, he could be a, a logistician who's put in charge of that particular battalion. And now he's, he wants to be one of the guys. Yeah, it is. I mean, after he left, I mean, we had some jokes for a while. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just like, come on, man, you know better. You've been in the gun club for a while. Like you're not going to dive school. And uh, what about the officer route? Now, are those, Leaders that are in the officer, do they have to go through the same training and such? Because I, I wasn't even aware of what you just described there, Mike, to be honest with you. Uh, for officers in the recon field, it gets a little hazy. So an infantry officer becomes an 0302 once they complete the uh, the Marine Corps uh, infantry course, which is it's a pretty long course. I don't know the exact length of it. So once they get the 0302 career designator MOS, they can basically go to anything. They don't actually have to go to BRC because if you look it up uh, and read like the courses that they contend or the prereqs for course courses like dive school, right. prereq 0302 for officers. They don't have to have the 0307 MOS, which is like a newly formed MOS for officers, which is uh, recon or MARSOC so they can stay in that career and whatnot. So it gets like a little weird because a lot of the guys are like, okay, so hold up a second. I'm an E whatever, and I just basically, you know, drug my balls through broken glass to get through BRC. Yeah. And this officer didn't have to go to any of that stuff, and he's here at dive school. And so it kind of makes a little bit of a, a negative thing. And, you know, but don't get me wrong, a lot of officers do go through. It just depends. Some, some, for well, I asked that because I actually there. I had a buddy of mine in the private sector world that, claimed to have been a Marine from Force Recon. And of course, I knew that he was an officer. And so the first thing I thought was, okay, did did you really go through and did you really earn that that aspect? Or was it something that you were just a leader of Force Recon team, much the way Mike described the, the Sergeant Major there? Yeah, I know that uh, a lot of the officers, like First Force, Second Force, Third Force, I know that they're all BRC uh, school trained or they spent time at MARSOC with... Uh, and you know, had gone through uh, ITC with them. But then I also know of a few officers that are in charge of reconnaissance units and have not been through BRC or ITC. The Marine Corps, just uh, it's not like the Army where it's like, okay, hey, I wanna be this, and then they're like, okay, yeah. there you go, go for it. You're 100% in that career field. You know, the Marine Corps is like, uh, you know, we don't have that many people, so basically you're just in charge of everything. And it's like, oh, okay, perfect. 
Now, did you yeah. ever end up going to Freefall School or Ranger or Pathfinder on the Army side? Uh, well, Freefall actually switched over to. I went to Airborne through, of course, the Army, and that was a, a very interesting time. Uh, that was an interesting time for all of us, I'm sure. It's very weird because you've got a bunch of people that should not be there. Right. Uh, and then you've got a bunch of people like you got PJ, CCT, uh, you got SF candidates, you've got MarSOC guys. You, you got, got guys on the uh, West guys. Point or Annapolis. You know. Just a hodgepodge. So you yeah. got like all these operators, future operators, for lack of better terms, going through it that are just like, oh, can we just get on with this? And then you've got a bunch of people that are like, this is the coolest high-speed thing ever. And, and you're like, dude, stop. And then you look over and they're like licking the, you know, the swing harness trainer. You're like, oh, man, you are a special, special person. And then, you know, the runs are super slow. And, and oh, God, the Friday run, yeah. Yeah, like the only thing it's doing is wrecking your knees. But there's like people that are just like, I can't take it anymore, Sarge. And then... I mean, I don't, and then coming over from Marine Corps side, like our cadence is a lot different than Army cadence. Like Army cadence is like, a, it's like a, a, a production on, you know, a Hollywood production. You're like, right. what is going on here? Like, can we just run? And, you know, and it's like there's <laughs> songs and clapping and jumping around. And you're like, huh. and uh, I remember we were at the pits getting ready to do our first jump. We're running through our PLFs, which whoever invented that, yeah, thank, thank you for that. I remember <laughs> I'm standing there, and I look over at this woman, and they're like, right PLF or whatever they say, right fall. Or this lady goes, feet, knees, face. What? I was like, I was like, holy shit! Like, <laughs> we are literally. Six hours from jumping out of a plane. Oh, and she doesn't no, even know what PLF stands for. No clue what you're supposed to You're going to kill yourself, you <laughs> idiot. Like, we've spent the last two weeks going through these torture devices that someone invented. I think there's people that just watch us go through and just laugh. They're like, look at these idiots. Like, we keep getting them to do this. I was just like, good Lord. Like, this is it. – it's go time. Like, this is not the, like, uh, can we get – I don't understand what we're doing. Like, you should have been asking these questions weeks ago. Uh, you know, honestly, like, nobody got hurt. Well, she didn't get hurt. I don't know. Maybe she did get hurt. I didn't hear anything. Never saw her again. But I was just like, oh, man, this is insane to not know what's going on. And so, yeah, graduated that course. And I was like, well, thank God. And then I want to say I was in SEER like two weeks after that. So I went from, like, do, you know, army shenanigans to sitting in a box, <laughs> yeah, doing weird stuff there. And uh, you leave Sear School and you're just mad at that. You're just an angry, angry individual. <laughs> uh, you know, there's some certain faces that get ingrained into your head, and you're like, if I ever see you again, I'm going to get you. Actually, I just saw something today that. That the the guys that work out there they lost their contract and now they're contracting a bunch of new guys the lowest bidder and oh. I, I could I couldn't help but think as oh as as heavily controlled as that environment needs to be that uh man we need to pay people who know what they're doing to, to there is no that. no room for error in that because no there's not you've got people that are on the verge of mental breakdown because some of them have already passed yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. I remember we were we were doing our evasion stuff, and uh, for the the Marine Corps side, it's uh, Marine Corps and Navy Seer schools. So you, there's a hodgepodge of you know you've got people that you're like okay, I don't really know why you're here, but whatever. And then you got naval aviators, you know, just random people that are attached to uh, naval special warfare and stuff. I get partnered with this pilot, so I'd heard all these stories about Seer, you know, like women being a little more generous out in Seer. And this is kind of a foot and mouth thing for me. So I'm sitting there in the classroom and I'm like, man, dude, so glad I'm not paired with a woman right now. And he's like, yeah, why is that? And I was like, dude, I heard a lot of guys hook up with their Seer partner out there and I'm not about that life. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm a married man. I don't need that drama. And uh, he was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, oh, you haven't heard? And he was like, <laughs> No. And I was like, so I proceeded to tell him. And uh, he was like, dude, my wife's at Sear in Maine right now during the field portion. <laughs> I was like, oh, dude, I wouldn't even worry about it, man. I'm sure. I mean, she's probably good. I'm just, I mean, other people in general. <laughs> Not your wife. Won't have <laughs> your wife seems like a saint. I would, I would, I don't think she would do that. And so I was like, God, man, what a start to this partnership. <laughs> Man, did you ever follow up on that? That would have been great. You know, I never asked. I, I, <laughs> he was an F-18 backseater and a uh, uh, super cool dude. And I was like, look, man, just call me Christian. And he was like, just call me whatever. And I was like, dude, I, I don't got time for yes, sir, no, sir, and all that crap when we're running through the woods trying to hide. So fast forward, we're, we're in there and, you know, you've been through Sear. You've never been cold until you spooned with another man type deal. And, you know, at first you're like, hell no, don't touch me, bro. And then like three days into it, you're like, get in here, get in here. You know, <laughs> And it's strange that you, you leave the course and you're like, God, I was literally spooning another man, whatever. And, uh, and you liked it. Yeah. I totally felt <laughs> yeah. warm. You know, and there was nothing weird about it at all. You know, yeah, uh, you want to switch sides? I'll be a little spooned. For... Yeah. No. So I, I, I got over that when I was probably 18 in the 82nd and um, lots of time in the field and me and a couple of guys were assigned to a scout platoon with 4th Battalion, 325th Parachute Infantry Regiment and we'd be out doing things all on our own and we'd get wet and what, what we'd have is one poncho liner, one, one poncho between the three of us. So we would take turns being the guy in the middle and then two on either side keeping the guy in the middle warm and we would rotate like every 15 minutes so that you didn't freeze waiting on the helicopter to come in. Sometimes it takes hours. And you think about that when you're a kid, you know, or even people today, they're like, there's no way I'd just be cold. No, you wouldn't. That's you know, a like, bold statement. That is a bold it's, statement. It's, <laughs> not, you it's cold. not weird at all. <laughs> no, it's sure. You know? <laughs> and uh, I, so we're doing the evasion thing. And for whatever reason, he got all turned around. And I was like, we're arguing as we're being hunted down in a stream bed. He was like, dude, we need to go back that way, back the way we came. And I was like, oh. I was like, are you stupid? Like, we just came that way. Why would we go like, you know, like they're, they're collapsing the lines. Like there's just multiple lines that you break through. And as they each collapse, the line gets thicker. I was like, why would we go back the way we came? He's like, dude, I'm telling you, that's the way we need to go. I was like, look, bro, I get it. You're a pilot. You know, you're not used to being on the ground. It looks different than when you're looking down. <laughs> on. Uh, yeah. I was like, we, are, we need to go north. And north is not the way you want to go. And he was like, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, dude, we need, if we go north is that way. I was like, that is south, compadre. 
And so we argued for like five, 10 minutes. I was like, look, man, this, we're at a crossing route here. Either we're going together or I'm going alone, but I'm only going in this one direction and you're either with me or you're not. And so like, you could see like his facial expression. He was like, like he was literally like, like you could see gears starting to fire up and you're like, uh, he's like contemplating. He's like, should I follow this guy? I was like, look, man, land nav, kind of know it a little bit, you know, but just let's go this way. Anyway, so fast forward, like hour later, we're the first ones at the, the rally point. And I was like, see, huh? Good thing we didn't go south, huh? <laughs> he was like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You're right, man. You're right. We definitely shouldn't have gone south. I was like, don't, don't worry about it. It's about to get way worse. Cause <laughs> Did he make it through to... okay? Yeah, yeah, he made it through fine. Yeah, so graduated that and, you know, rolled in and lost like three pant sizes. And, yeah. uh, you know, I was wearing like a 34-34 and like I had to cinch them down and it was insane. I was like, gosh, I lost so much weight. I mean, you don't eat at all. But it was, it was an interesting time. And then from there... School-wise, you know, I, I eventually went to uh, the Combatant Divers course down there at Panama City, Florida. Did, uh, did that. That was a good school. Uh, the instructors are extremely well-versed in uh, diving, dive physics, and all that stuff. And it's, it's really quite impressive that those guys know more about dive than, you know, most people have. But that was probably, like, one of the most stressful courses that I ever went through. Because at dive school, there's no like, because sometimes in the military, they're like, if I were you, I would change that answer to B. And you're like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> dive school, they're like, I don't know, man. What do you think it is? I'm like, well, that's why I'm asking you. I don't know. <laughs> and so like every day was a quiz. And then like there was a test every week. Primarily I mean, on I, the tables and stuff. Is that? Uh... Dive tables, dive yeah. physics, dive maladies. Um dive medicine, uh, ev you know, everything. And you're just, I, I want to say when I left there, I probably had 750 plus note cards with everything written out. So basically like a day at dive school is you show up and you meet in the classroom and then they're like, all right, we're going to go PT. When we were, when I was going through, we had this mass art that's like a marathon runner. It, it would just be like a death sprint. And I was just like for miles. And you're like, oh, come on, man. And, and then you're just like, whatever. And so you get done with that, and then they're like, all right, 20 minutes, change over, you got a 2K fin. You're like, okay. Change over, put your gear in, they throw you in the boats, they splash you, you know, they give you like a minute to acquire your target because it's all on a, a nav board, tack board. You do that, and then you get back to the dock, and they're like, all right, 20 minutes, change over, be in the classroom. Go into the classroom, and you sit through like eight hours of PowerPoint, dive physics, all that stuff, and you're just like, oh my God. And then they're like, all right, tomorrow there'll be a quiz. And people are like, well, what should we know? And they're like, everything. You're like, oh, okay, so I'll just study the whole book. Fine, that's, that works. And so they're like, you go eat, and then you just go sit in your room, and you read dive stuff all night. You're stressed out because you're like. Yeah, you have no clue what's going to be on the test. No, no, no idea. No idea whatsoever. And so you're just stressing. And then you show up, you take the test. Like, they failed one guy because he didn't write his name on it. And he had, like, a 98 on the test, and they made him retake it. They're like, sorry, man. And if he failed that test again, he would have been dropped from the course. Like, dive school was basically like, hey, you failed, and then you never see him again. They're on a plane within hours. You're like, wow. So you got that stress, and uh, everything is procedures. Like, then you move into, like, hits and stuff like that, and that's just a, a nightmare, getting your tanks and all that stuff ripped off of you. And you're like, oh, wow, you know, this, this is not Patty. Like, why are we not looking at fish? <laughs> right. 
<laughs> then you roll into the, the Mark 25 rebreather and you're like, wow, this is so cool. You're sitting down there with, you know, no bubbles, no troubles, all that stuff. And then next thing you know, like you're doing EPs and stuff with it. And, and then you move into like the, the Mark 25 dive phase, which is just like two weeks of just diving every night. You, uh, you've got you and your dive buddy, like one person will be doing a 2K dive and they're driving. And then like the next person will do like the 1500 dive. I remember the first time we did the, the Mark 25, it was just a 500 meter like dive, like familiarization. And I was so far off the mark. I was like, this is it. Diving is not my future. Like I was like hundreds of yards. Like, <laughs> I mean, I basically like, instead of going straight, like I, I just beelined off to the right. And I remember I was like crawling, dragging my dragger because the water was so shallow. And they told you, if you peek your head up, you're done. Mm. And they've got thermal. So they, it's not like you could be like, ah, no, I didn't do it. You know, they're like, ah, we just watched you on thermals, you idiot. So finally they, they had the, the, the jet ski come and they, they tapped me on the head. And I looked up and I was like, holy shit, where am I? Like I was basically back in uh, Alligator Bayou so far off the mark and at that point i was like dude i don't know what what went wrong like i was following the tech board like i don't know what happened and they're like you know you better figure it out because tomorrow's graded dives and then we jumped into like uh i think the first graded dive was like a thousand meters and the way it works is you know you have your your point that you shoot to and then you've got your left and your right lateral limit which is like 100 meters or 100 yards on each side is probably meters and so depending on where you hit and what your time is, is how they, 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 they figure out your points. Like you could make your time, but be like a hundred meters off and still fail to dive. What happened with me is my, my dive buddy, they ended up switching up some of the teams cause they started dropping people for failing. And I got stuck with this guy that due to weather and tide issues, like we could never complete the 1500. So every day, we would splash and just do 1500s and we could never complete because the current was too strong. Like I think we spent one day just kicking for like 30, 45 minutes and we'd gone like probably 10 meters. Like we popped up and I was like, man, we got to be close and we were nowhere. Yeah. Like dive school is great. And then I guess they got rid of the, uh, they used to do a uh, advanced nav where you like, where you shoot your azimuth and then you time yourself, you get to a point, you do your tack peak, and then you're supposed to be past the certain buoy and then you bang it right and head into the dock. Well, the advanced nav is like the one dive that just murders people at dive school. I think we lost like, I don't know, three or four on that dive. So what happens is I splash, I acquire my target, you know, look at my dive buddy, we give each other twos, we go down, I clear my mask, you know, start the timer, all that stuff. And I start kicking. I got the time set for like 15 minutes because it's 500 meters and that's uh, where I needed to be. So my timer goes off. I'm like, all right, you know, should be, should be good. Following the tack board, everything felt fine. I pop up and I was like, you know, do, the buoy should be to my right. I look to my right. All I see is the dock. And at this point, panic sets in because I was like, there should not be a dock. And so I look around and there's the buoy probably 50 meters, 75 meters to my left. And I was like, oh no. So what you, I mean, you have to go around the buoy. If you don't go around the buoy, you fail. So I was like, yeah, Jesus. So I shot an azimuth out into like the middle of the bay. And I was like, okay, that's probably, it will just say a hundred meters. So I got to swim for whatever, five minutes. I'm going to kick it out for five minutes. 
I drop down. My dive buddy is like, we good? You know, give him the thumbs up and I gave him the thumbs down. And he was like, you know, gave me like, the, what, he's like, what's the, gave me the what's going on look underwater. And I gave him back the, I have no idea look. So we kick it out and I stop and cause you're only allowed two tack peaks. You know, I've already burned one of them. I was like, dude, here we are, you know, moment of truth. Cause I really don't want to do this dive again. And I pop up and uh, I look and there's the buoy to my, like I'm like probably 15 meters away from it, but it's to my right. So I've gone around it. I was like, oh, whoo, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I go back underwater. My dive buddy gives me the thumbs up. I give him the thumbs up and I, you know, now, now it's a time crunch. And so we just kicked it out as hard as we could to get back to the dock, got to the dock. And I still wasn't sure if I'd made it. So I asked uh, the instructor that was on the jet ski and I was like, Hey dude, am I good? And he was like, bro, I don't know how the f did it. <laughs> but you literally like went to the buoy, did a box like 90 degrees around that thing popped up. He was like, I thought you were screwed. He's like, I watched your buoy, like go around the buoy. <laughs> like, I was <laughs> like, I don't even know, man. Thank God. He's like, but no, you're good. I was like, Oh, <laughs> you know, you don't need that. I mean, dive school is already stressed enough. Like all your dives are at night. So you can't see anything. You got bio loom, which is pretty cool. You can hear the dolphins clicking and all that stuff. And you know, some of them, when they get earlier in the morning, they're, you know, they're not so much of a night dive. And then, uh, yeah, it was just a, graduating that course was it was it was surreal because, I mean, a lot of people fail dive school. So did you ever go to uh, free fall, Christian? I did. Yeah, uh, free fall. That that was. Now that, that was, is something that Mike does know about. I yeah, I do know a little bit about that, but it's no fun. It's kind of like the same the same stories you're talking about diving. It's the army can take something that's uh, a lot of fun because I I do some skydiving on the side too, but. And then they strap a lot of weight to you. They make you do it in the middle of the night with nods on your face. And it's not funny anymore. It's freaking terrifying, you know? And well, yeah, that's, I mean, everything you do in the middle, like hiking, not a big fan anymore. You know, people are like, <laughs> we should go on a hike. I'm like, God, yeah. I'm good, bro. Like, I'm just going to chill here and I'm going to drink an adult beverage. Yep. Camping, and, uh, hiking. Yeah. Nah, I'm good. Swimming. Yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> um, diving. Nah, I'm good, bro. Like <laughs> free fall, uh, the, the Marines don't go to the, the Army course anymore. It's uh, uh, it's done by CPS, Complete Parachute Solutions, out of um, Arizona. What is it? Not Coolidge. Is it Coolidge? Anyways, it's out in the middle of nowhere in, in Arizona. Another stolen Ballard piece. Yeah, of I'm just going to get wrecked. Get on that. Some some 15-year-old kids are going to be like, man, that, that's C-State, dude. It's full <laughs> of shit. And, uh, like, we, you know, you show up, and it's it's that whole, like, it's about to get real thing. And so, you know, you, the, the, you're doing the classroom stuff. You're learning how to fly your body. You go to the wind tunnel and you're like, wow, this is awesome. It, it goes like you got to learn how to pack your chute. And so I was actually pretty lucky because when I showed up there, I'd already done uh, a DBSL double bag static line course. So I was already pretty familiar with packing the chute. I kind of had like a little bit of a, a, I guess, an advantage over having, you know, I wasn't like relearning everything again. And so, and plus, I really appreciated having the extra time on packing shoe because, uh, as anybody knows in the the military, that when you go to free fall, you you pack your own shoe. It's not static line where someone else is packing it for you. And and uh, you know, you learn some some good terms like you know the shoot wants to open or uh, 
if you have a, a problem, you've got your whole life ahead of you to figure it out, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> and so you're like, you know, when you get hit with those little tidbits of knowledge, you're like, wow, that's, that's pretty deep, you know, like <laughs> you really do have the rest of your life ahead of you. Like, wow, that's fascinating. It really doesn't help me out at all. When it came to like packing shoots, like I was very methodical and stuff. And you'd look over at some guys and they're just basically stuffing like shit in a bag. And you're just like, what are you doing? They're like, oh, bro, what's open? And you're like, dude, that's okay. You know, and then they hit you with the like, I got a reserve. You know, they're like, <laughs> do you really want to get, you know, now you're down 50% and you're flying in on a reserve. No, thanks. Plus, who wants to do a cutaway anyways? I mean, I remember the first the first jump out of the plane, I, you know, I came out like not stable because my thing is like when I would dive out, I would look up. And so like I would kind of like swoop up and then come back down and be all like weird. And you just get out there and, you know, you're like, oh, well, I don't even know what's going on. You've got tunnel vision. You're like, I didn't see anything out there. Like I didn't even know I was in the sky. for Altimeter. You see your altimeter yeah. the whole way down. Yeah, I was like, well, bam, you know, and then. When it was time to pull, I waved off, and then, like, I would cobra strike that, you know, and, and just, I was like, pop, good, you know. It's, you know, I'd take it one step at a time. I'd be like, all right, shoot's opening. <laughs> all right, slider is kind of coming down. It seems like it's coming a little slow. But Did I'm you see that dude that recently landed on a net? Mike That's shared the video. Fantastic. Without fantastic. a shoot, mind you. Yeah, oh yeah, no, I watched it. I was like, this guy's got some balls. Yeah, no he's, got, he's got 18,000, over 18,000 skydives. Started when he was 12. He can do anything with his body in the sky. So Yeah, he's, he's over the whole shoot thing, clearly. He's like, well, he's done enough. <laughs> oh, like, I bet he doesn't do it again. Yeah, no. <laughs> you can only roll those dice so many times before. Even, <laughs> even Jeb Corliss threw props out to him, man. Jeb Corliss is the famous wingsuit guy that's flown through and around and passed all kinds of stuff. He pushes the limits and. Even he, he, that's who I shared the video from was Jeb Corliss, Robert. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, this dude missed, I mean, or, or didn't miss. This dude landed 15 probably feet maybe from the edge. From the edge. I saw that. I mean, he that. was making that little move there several times trying to bounce himself over. And the winds are probably causing him to drift. So, I mean, you're yeah. talking within 1200 feet. He was trying oh. to autocorrect there. And oh my God. Yeah. That was, that was pretty scary for me watching it. I can't imagine what his wife was going through on the ground. You know, honestly, like being in the military, you know, with six sense of humor, I was thinking the only reason anybody is watching this is because they wanted to see someone splat. Like no <laughs> one was like, I think he's got it. Like if someone was like, Hey man, let's go check out this event. I'd be like, yeah. Sitting nah, in the bleachers, okay. yeah, you think about that, no, yeah, no doubt. So I was like, oh, no and I was like, you know, I don't have a whole lot of jumps, but I've got enough jumps to know that I don't want to jump without a parachute. Um, right, that's just not for me. And, and so, so, like, so let, let me fast forward then, because well, did you go off to Afghanistan? Did you end up serving in Iraq or Afghanistan with active I, duty or with the reserve? I went to Iraq as a uh, water purification specialist. That I went there. What was it 2004 is when I went out there. That's when the, the contractors had their thing in Fallujah and the, was it the Al-Qaeda or whatever, whoever it was, hung those guys from the bridge. I was out there during that time. It was a weird deployment. Like I had to beg, borrow, and plead to like go outside the wire. And so I ended up getting uh, uh, put on uh, an IED call team with EOD and the MPs out there. Which was pretty cool. Like I remember, they I was the uh, lead Vic driver for them. I remember I volunteered for it. I was like 
20 years old. I think I turned like 21 the next day or something. And so I'm driving this vehicle out into um, Fallujah area. There's IEDs all over the place. We got a call for, you know, some, some suspicious looking garbage. And the one thing that people don't understand about Iraq is there's garbage everywhere. Like everywhere. Yeah. It's, I mean, people are like, Oh, the cradle of civilization. I'm like, they're like, what's it like over there? I'm like, if you want to know what it's like, go to the, the landfill and just kick it there for a day or two and just take it all in. It's basically some, I mean, there's trash everywhere. So it's like, you that know. Could, people, that could really be said about the entire Middle East. Basically, yes. I will not take that away Every from Every country that. I've been to in the Middle East has, uh, has a problem with, with uh, trash everywhere. I don't know what it, it is. I mean, it's everywhere. Culture. Maybe it's their culture. I don't know. You know, you make a killing if you, you know, open up a landfill out there, but basically the whole country's a landfill. Well, nobody would bring you the stuff because they just threw it out the window. Yeah, they're all over the road, it blows all over the place. <laughs> I guess you'd probably go under pretty quick. And <laughs> so they were going out, and I was like, man, let's see, I'm not even 21. I've, we're going to go, I have to drive past an IED because, one, we had to go set up security on the other end of IEDs. I was like, what am I doing here? Like, this is how you get smoked volunteering for crap. And so needless to say, I didn't get smoked, but kept volunteering for stuff like that. And it was it was a lot of fun because my mentality when I joined the Marine Corps was like, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be Marines and we're gonna go do awesome stuff. And then they stick you with water purification and you're just like, what the f is this? You have no you're like, wow, you know, you just don't really feel like you're serving, you know, like when people are like, Thanks for your service, and you're like, Oh, yeah, you're welcome. And so I kind of just always had this drive from there to just push myself more and more. I would say it's it's a, a fault to some aspect. Like, you know, I'm 33 years old. I still want to go do more stuff, like more schools, selection, whatever. It's just, it, you get the bug of like completing these courses and training and, you know, and meeting these guys that uh, you have a bond with that is, you can't break it. It's just something that nobody understands until they've experienced it, you know, and that's being pushed like mentally and physically, like you almost want to find out where your breaking point is. Like you start going through all this stuff and you're like, it's just a, the, the drive, you know, you get to the end and they're like, Hey, do you want a lap move? And I'm like, Oh yeah. Cause you guys didn't screw me over on my first one. You know, got me with the old CM slash UT trick classic. And so, you know, the, the prior service recruiter, the career, the career planner is like, oh, no, I can totally get you your dreams. And you're just, you kind of like, <laughs> at that point, I was like, Dude, I've, are, you, I've are your dreams accessible in the Marine Corps? I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a surreal journey. Like, how was your transition but, then back? It was interesting because you kind of get like, I remember driving off base and I was just like, huh, okay, I'm not in the Marine Corps anymore, you know? You know, the military prides itself on being like, oh, we're, you know, tapping Tam's course. We're going to, you know, you're going to be set for forever. And then you get out and reality hits and you really don't have shit going on for you in your life. You're just like, okay, I'm just another dude that left the military or woman that left the military. You know, I have skill sets that don't really apply to a whole lot of anything, you know? Um, and then, you, and, you know, people are like, you leave the infantry and they're like, oh, okay, so you're going to be a cop or a contractor. And you're like, right. I don't really want to do either of those. And then you go to school and you still don't know what you want to do. And I talked to a lot of people who are getting out and I'm just like, well, what's your plan? They're like, school. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Like, have you applied? They're like, no. 
I'm like, well, you might want to do that because even that's a nightmare for uh, FAFSA and your your VA stuff. Like I remember I was getting letters in the mail from the VA on the same day and one would say your VA benefits have been disapproved and the other one would say your VA benefits have been approved. And I was like, what? Like that, so which right. one is it? You know, and people just don't know. Like I, I don't think the TAP and TAMS uh, course is really set anybody up for success. Like it's just a check in the box so the military can be like, well, <laughs> I don't know what the deal was. We totally hooked them up with TAPS and TAMS. Like it's just a worthless course. Like, you know, they teach you how to write a resume and it's like, you look at the resume and you, you, you think it's good, but then when you start turning it in, you never hear back from anybody. So it's kind of like a, a weird area and I think that's what you know, trips up a lot of veterans because the entire time they're in the Marine Corps, like even when they start, you know, their recruiters like, dude, this you'll set for life. You do four years and you get some skills. You can, you know, man a radar or, you know, you, you're the best administrative warrior known to Christ. And you're just going to go out there and do big things. So the kid is thinking, I'm set. And then he gets out and it's like, or she gets out and they're like, I, I got nothing. That, that definitely messes with it. And then, you know, you lose your, your medical benefits. You're not getting that full-time paycheck, so you don't know what's going on. So then next thing you know, you're, you're just you're working some weird job just to make ends meet and all that stuff. Uh, but you know, definitely education is key. Like, I would stress that to everybody that gets out. Like, utilize your uh, GI Bill. And if you don't want to use it, you can transfer it to me. I'll keep going to school. <laughs> I'm with you, man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so you know, college is definitely very important because it does open up more doors, especially having, you know, higher degrees, a master's degree, or even moving on and getting a doctorate is, is key. And, and that, you know, you become a role model and whatnot. And definitely, you know, looking back at it, like the military did set me up for success. Like I was just a, you know, your classic 17, 18 year old, I've got it all figured out type deal. And then, you know, military turned that around real quick, a couple of, you know, horrible details for extended periods of time had a quick attitude readjustment and then you know from there it's just kind of like the drive basically like always pushing yourself physically and mentally has really been uh been probably the best part about it you know you just you learn to adapt and overcome like yeah you're dealing with civilians and they're like oh the, the printer's out of paper the whole day is shot and you're like <laughs> but did we die you know it's right. like it's just you got to take it with a grain of salt. And so what are you doing now? Like right now I'm uh, trying to get into uh, social media management and whatnot. I started applying my uh, communications degree. So I took the the C-State 21 page and, you know, I've been growing that at an average of like 5,800 new followers a month. And then that's insane. uh, Yeah. It's, and I don't pay for any of that stuff. It's just through engagement, post stuff. I, uh, I took over the Marine Recon Foundation social media pages, and so I've been growing their Instagram at, I want to say, uh, 2,900 new followers per month. That's crazy. Uh, wow. Yeah. It's just, uh, I finally am working for a company called uh, Scoutsy. You can uh, probably I've, see the I've post. seen, yeah, I've seen some of that. So they're uh, a, a company where you can set up like an e-commerce thing via your Instagram social media and sell products that you enjoy using. I think it's an awesome thing because... I mean, we could sit here and talk about analytics all day for uh, social media and whatnot. So I took over their Instagram like a week and a half ago, I want to say, and it's up at like 257 followers and took over their Facebook yesterday and went from like two likes to I think it's at 45 now. And 
Marine Recon Foundation. Facebook has gone from when I took over it, it was like 220,000 likes. And now it's at, I want to say almost like 260,000 likes. And so the, the key right now is uh, social media, really. I mean, if your business, company, organization, whatever it may be, doesn't have a successful social media platform, it's your, your business will probably just end up going away. Because people don't want to read print ads anymore. If it involves more than like a minute or two minutes of a YouTube video, they're over it. Like attention span is really just gone. Uh, you know, thanks millennials. And uh, we live in a I want now generation. So that's why Instagram is so crucial to all that stuff. And just the conversion rates for Instagram has, has surpassed Facebook exponentially. So social media management is kind of the way that I'm trying to go. Great talking to you, man. Appreciate yeah, it. To you. yeah, definitely. You guys have a good one. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and at Facebook by searching at Mentors, the number four M-I-L, and please subscribe to our podcast. It's free, and it ensures you're the first to hear our latest podcast show. We have several options depending upon your device, and we're at iTunes, SoundCloud, at Stitcher, and at TuneIn Radio. It doesn't matter whether you are searching for your passion or purpose, finding your way through a military or civilian career, working on your fitness, or just about to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Get after it.